Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Okay, now it's Anna David here with After Party Pod. How are you? I think I'm pretty good. No, I'm feeling feeling a little hungover from going to see my parents. And of course, I don't mean hungover in that way. But and it was a good visit. That's the thing. I mean, I don't mean to launch right into my issues. But it, but it was interesting how um, you can have a good time and still be hungover. Perhaps that is some sort of a metaphor considering what we are listening to, which is After Party Pod. The recovery podcast. Oh, I never said that. The, I don't know. The podcast about addiction recovery and all that falls in between. If you have never listened, welcome. I welcome you. This is not a meeting. This is not a therapy session. This is just a chat. And it goes with After Party Chat, the website that I edit and you love. Maybe you've never been. If you go, you'll love. I don't know if you'll love. I, I hope so. Speaking of love, if you love this podcast, please do subscribe to it and review it on iTunes. It makes a huge, huge difference. Support is everything. Now, that is a good metaphor for recovery. Support is everything. So, today, whew, how do you describe Mark Ebner? You could describe him as a writer. You could describe him as a reporter. You could describe him as a fearless reporter. Um, I first found out about him because he wrote this infamous story for Spy Magazine about Scientology. He was sort of the first guy to get in there and talk about it. Scientologists, if you're listening, I've already had weird things happen with you. I don't need any more. Um, but Ebner showed that you could take on Scientology and live to tell the tale and keep telling tales. As he said in this interview, it's become a bit of a cottage industry for him. Um, but anyway, he, uh, he and I met, we know each other, uh, writer thing, and then um, he's done all these books. He co-wrote with Andrew Breitbart uh, the New York Times bestselling book, Hollywood Interrupted, and he's gone on to do five more books, including, uh, including Six Degrees of Paris Hilton, which is amazing. And, um, and, you know, he really gets out there and does it. There are writers who are just sort of doing it. They think it's glamorous. They think it's fun or whatever. This guy is a real reporter. And uh, he's done TV. We've been on some TV things together currently. We are both on, uh, I think it's called Scandals. Hollywood Scandals, it's on the E! channel. I haven't watched it because I watched the first one and I got very depressed, not having anything to do with me, but it was just two hours of celebrity, sad stories. And I used to kind of live in that world, I guess. And it just, it made me feel like I had binged on kettle corn, specifically. Anyway, um, Ebner and I get into something that completely shocked me. I thought we were going to have this nice chat about uh, recovery, and it turns out he's, he, he, I'm not going to do this as a teaser, because I'm probably going to put it in the introduction that I write, but yeah, dude's not doing the deal anymore. He's smoking pot. He says it's good. We have no reason to doubt him, and I think it's really important that I say that I don't say that people who do hard drugs and are sober for a long time should go and smoke pot and assume it's going to be fine, but it seems to be fine for him, and so um, that, uh, I've heard of this stuff, you know? I used to think that everybody had to follow what I did and uh, in order to be healthy, and I, you know, I've learned I don't know. I know what's true for me, 
um, I don't really know what's true for every single person. So anyway, we get into that. He explains it all. It's a really good chat, seriously. So I hope you like it. Here you go with Mark Ebner. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God. I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? We're going, man. All right. Mark Abner, so good to see you. It is. You know, I was thinking uh, before I came in, it's so hilarious that the we're so close geographically now right. but at the same time the only time I ever see you is on those stupid television shows we do <laughs> we're like budding talking heads we're, we're not, we're, like we didn't record them at the same time so we're not yeah we're not in the same right. place should we work out a, should, I'm sorry to talk over you but should, I'm, I'm excited about this because yeah. the possibilities are endless should yes. we work out little codes or little little signals for each other you know I've never watched those shows oh I watch them all the time see I I, I masturbate to them. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I don't doubt it. What are they called? They're called Secret Societies of Hollywood. Secret Societies of Hollywood, Hollywood Scandals, Celebrity Legacies. I swear to God, I don't even know what. Because they just use anymore. these sound bites on everything oh, they can. He God. is so smart. Yeah. Well, um, and, I, and now Reels is trying to become the what E was. Okay. It's really strange. It's like, you know, they're not thinking forward. They're. It seemed to be, I shouldn't knock the network, but I should say the that, network could employ you. But yeah. don't you think all of entertainment thinks backwards and not forwards? Mm, yeah, you're right about that. You are absolutely right about that. Do you remember the first time we met? We for, I was thinking about that today. We first met at uh, the One on One Cafe. Mm, no, hundred percent. Okay. Right, no, we met in New what? York. Physically met. No, we didn't. Yes, you were wearing these knee high fuckly. Boots. Okay, that's possible. You, yes, you were, but you were all business, so I was like, okay, whatever. But you did say one thing, and this relates to the start of the conversation. You said one thing to me. I'll always remember. You said, man, you may have said it in a follow-up phone call, but I'll put it okay. into that moment at that cafe in New York okay. when you were living on the Upper West Side. Okay, I, we met before, but go on. We really did. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's strange. Like, God, okay. All right, you're right. But anyway, you said. Mark, just be grateful that we're on TV. You know, because I was just blasting. Like, I have this tendency, yeah. this self-destructive tendency to say, oh, that's stupid. Or, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. Or, right, right, You know right. what I mean? And the fact is, you were right, you know? Especially <laughs> when I get paid. Look at me spreading gratitude. That's right. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's so interesting. So you're claiming... And we just have to keep our voices down a tiny, tiny bit. I know, Abner, you know, you have a lot to say and you, and you vocalize it, yeah. you know. But but you're claiming that we just met at a cafe and we start talking about no, television? We, we set up this final, no. we finally set up a time to meet. Yes, no. I'm telling you, you okay. were living in New York. No, yeah. In fact, you showed me your apartment and Different time. Your, As if I would show you the first time I met you, my apartment. I, I, yeah, you showed me because you um, blasted okay. any other possibility out of the water by your demeanor when we sat down for coffee. You thought that I was showing you, oh, like maybe yeah. to like take no. you back to my lair. No, yeah, well, no, I didn't think that because you're very good at, you know, <laughs> you know, cutting off the snake's head or whatever the metaphor is. I don't know. I just pulled that one out of it's the not bad. Air. I guess it's not bad. Yeah. No, I need, I need a minute. I don't know. That, that could just have all kinds of sociopolitical sort of uh, interpretations. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly not. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, and then I met your outrageously uh, gay excellent roommate. gay roommate. Yeah. And uh, then I went on my way. But that was the first time I oh, actually I'm so sorry to tell you this. What happened is you were researching Hollywood Interrupted, and Richard Rushfield Whoa. said, you must have said to him, do you know anyone who, who might know stuff about this, about what I'm researching? And he said, Anna David. And he gave me, and, I, and he told me, and I said, oh my God, Mark Ebner, who wrote that great Scientology piece, I would love to help him. And we started IMing. Um, 
And we met over IM. You know, oh, he gave me my IM or whatever. Well, I knew we had some electronic interaction by No, telephones. and then I, w I said, we, you said, can we meet to discuss? And we met at the 101. And the reason I remember that is that this is how I knew you were a unique person. We were meeting at the 101, but you were outside drinking coffee because you don't like being in there or you didn't feel like being inside or oh. something. <laughs> Does any yeah. of this ring a bell? Well, I'm just, I, I'm kind of a ass backwards uh, LA transplant I gotta say yeah I, mean, I walk like, oh, everywhere you were and by the way let me just give you a little piece yeah, of information please. that I read somewhere apparently if you're on your feet three hours a day yeah. you add two years to your life I don't I I, I don't doubt that yeah. I bet you that's true yeah so I walk around everywhere I got rid of my car years ago wait how did you you told me you were parking yeah I was parking out. I was parking my Honda uh, okay. 1984 Honda 125 elite so you were model which means I'm in a uh, like a, a motorcycle gang, right? But I'm the only member. Oh, that's a I'm motorcycle. A true what you just said was a motorcycle. Yeah, well, no, it, uh, I can't lie. It's a damn scooter, but it gets me around. Okay. And I don't deal with parking. Yeah. You know, I parked in a lot here, and I park with the bicycles, no yeah, charge. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't deal with traffic no, because yeah. I split lanes. I just go right down the middle. I don't care. You know, just please don't open your door. Right. I recently hit a bicyclist. Ugh. It was awful. It's really, yeah, it's But scary. he was not hurt. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I don't deal with, uh, tra you know, traffic or gas. It's like I right. run for two weeks on a gallon and a half of gas. But, you know. That's not walking, though. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying I've, uh, about being in an ass-backwards L.A. Okay, yes, person yes, is yes. car-centric culture. Yeah. Uh-uh. If I drive a car, I'm on somebody else's dime. Right. You know, you and it's a rental car. car. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I just got back from a grand tour of New England and New York and just driving around and enjoying that. Right. Because it's, yeah, yeah, it's rare. It's also. Country yeah. roads. Yeah. And I like driving in not L.A. No, it really cr clears the head out, you know? know, but forget about, you know, so I, so I walk a lot. I just like walking along. If somebody asked me what my t hobbies were, you'd say walking. I'd say walking and, and researching Scientology and dogs. Yeah. Well, uh, is you no, know, because researching Scientology is not really a hobby. It's, it's a cottage industry for me. Right. I and mean, that has served me quite well over the years. It's I must true. say. But yeah. that's because you've been fearless with it. Well, you have to be because, you know, the whole attitude is is that what they do is when you first, you know, rear your head and you start writing anything critical or publishing anything critical, they come after you. Yeah. So the idea is, is that, oh, you're going to come after me first. I'm going to suck all the power out of you. Yeah. To go back to, you know, the and, it, and I will humbly say, no, it was a very famous lead for my story the was, lead, where the I just put everything out on You said, like, I shot heroin, yeah. I fucked hookers. Yeah, what did I say? I said, yeah, and I've, I've masturbated in, in, and inhaled at the same time, because we're going back to the Clinton era on that right, story. Right. But if people want to read, if your listeners want to read the story, it's called Do You Want to Buy a Bridge? Yeah. And I have it on my website, www.hollywoodinterrupted.com. But, so anyway, I put that out there, so they couldn't really yeah. disgrace me in any way. Right. So you suck that power out of them, but they still harass you. Oh, yeah. They're following you. They're going through your garbage. They're trying to scare you. They're trying to litigate you to death. Right. And they failed on all those counts. And I, I actually had an editor. We went into the Celebrity Center up here on Franklin. Yeah. Don't you love that, a religion, quote-unquote, yeah. with a Celebrity Center? I know. I've anyway, been in there, unfortunately. They thought they were only meeting my um, editor. editor, right, to try and get kill this story that yeah. I was working on. And you on. were there? No, he insisted that I come with him. Amazing. So I'm sitting in the Renaissance restaurant. And this will actually dovetail into a relevant sort of topic Excellent. for this show. Excellent. Was what happened was was that I'm sitting there and I said, uh, uh, and, no, and they saw me. These are OSA people, which is they everything's abbreviated and they have their own language. So simply, it's called Office of Special Affairs. These uh -huh. are the the thugs of Scientology. Yeah. These are the people who I've literally heard one of them say. 
uh, we beat up suppressive people, i.e. anyone critical of Scientology. So anyway, they went white. They weren't prepared for me sitting there. They're like, Mark Ebner. And one of them ran out and came back with this whole package of stuff to try and, you know, uh, d discredit me. and you In know, front of your editor? Yeah, right in front of my editor. And anyway, long and short of that meeting was I said, look, I said, uh, you know, if you really, I said, you just have to stop. Because every time you come after me, I'm going to write 10 stories about you. Right. You know, and that's the way it's going to be. And also, you know, because I was thinking on my feet, another thing that was bothering me at the time was that they were, through their rehabilitation program, i.e. Narcanon, emphasis, emphasis on the con in there, you know, it's so, they're just so horrible. They come up with Narcanon, right. clearly, uh, you know, just literally stealing from the altruistic 12-step program Narcotics right. Anonymous and right. squeezing it together and making it look like they're a legitimate. Uh, and I bet you many get confused. Oh, absolutely. It happens all the time. Yeah. Going back to when we worked on that uh, story for another thing, for you know, whatever. That other, yeah, 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 that yeah whatever it was. Pleasant, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's... So anyway, I said, you know what? you got to stop, you know, feeding niacin. Yeah. To drug addicts and alcoholics right. is what I said. I said, start there. Stop doing that because right. it's it's seriously fucked up that you give them a liver toxin. You know, right. these are people that are coming here for help. They don't know what's going on, and you do this hocus pocus quackery, right. which involves in the core of their rehabilitative and their quasi spiritual sort of program is. Uh, to do a purification rundown, right. the quote-unquote purif, and that consists of mega doses of niacin, olive oil, yeah. and something that they've TM'd and copyrighted called CalMac, which is something you can buy in any Rite Aid. It's a combination of calcium I'm and magnesium. I'm taking it How can okay. they TM that? Well, because CalMac, you know, squash it together. Narcotics Anonymous, Narconon. Calcium and magnesium supplement, CalMag. So the, anyway. The other thing, though, yeah. about them and the dangers for addicts and alcoholics is that they're vehemently opposed to therapy and any mental health. Oh, in, in health. any kind of mental health thing. But the, to the point of the niacin, it's very important to show how the, 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 you know, the smoke and mirrors really takes effect is the purification rundown. It'll try it at the celebrity center. They're not going to let you in, you know, in the sauna. Right. For less than five large, you know, I mean, it's like, seriously, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And basically, they what they do is they tell you, okay, this in this particular purification rundown, we're going to get rid of all your toxins. We're going to uh, get rid of uh, all the drugs in your system. And, uh, you know, basically, we're taking care of the body part of the mind-body-spirit Right. realm. Okay, so anyway, what they do is they, they give you mega doses of niacin. And niacin, as you may or may not know, causes skin flushing. Right. In fact, they call it niacin burns. You know, anybody can Google that and you'll see what happens is it, it makes it look like your skin has a sunburn. Oh my God. But most people don't know that. Right. So, so they, they throw they, you in a yeah. sauna and then you come out and your skin's flushing and then they get, you know, and now you're like, you, you don't know black from white. You're, you're dizzy. dizzy yeah. They've made you run around the building a few times right. and you're feeling all pumped up and jazzed and they say, look, your that's radiation burns. They're coming the radiation right. from you know nuclear holocausts of ten billion years ago are coming out of your system. I mean, so they're straight up lying to you. Yeah. That's nice and flushing, okay? And the other stuff that's coming out of you is sweat. Yeah. That's what happens right. in the sauna. Sure you feel good. Who wouldn't feel good getting out of the sauna? Right. But the point is it's not detoxifying you. Right. It's of anything but, you know, uh, water and trace elements, you know, right. like salt, yeah. you know, and that's it. You know, so that's the con. That's the core of their con. And yet they've been plying this hocus pocus for so many years. And the thing is, when does the shoe drop? You know, there's a guy in Nevada right now or is suing Narconon in Nevada. He's got 18 lawsuits against them. So, I mean, you know, people aren't fucking around now, now that people are yeah. educated. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think your story had a lot to do with pushing that, you know, and then Paul Haggis. I mean, obviously, the yeah. Paul Haggis thing was years and years later. Sure. But, you know, power, powerful former members coming out against it. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, it does seem anecdotally, I don't know, that they are less aggressive because they have less power. Well, yeah. I mean, they're kind of like they're just hunkering down. Right. I mean, this is, you know, this is uh, end times for Scientology. Right. I mean, and I think, you know, I, I, I got to take credit for something else, for my part yeah. in something else, and that was the infamous Emmy Award-nominated Trapped in the Closet episode of South Park that oh, Matt Stone and Trey right. Parker had me come down to consult on. Now, that was just the best thing in the world because how do you educate the masses? Put it in a cartoon, yeah. and then show all the cosmology, all the science fiction horseshit about Scientology. Put it on the screen yeah. in a very humorous way with the with the with hook, well hook being that, yeah. with the hook being that Tom Cruise is in the closet and he will not come out in, right. physically in a co closet. Right. And they, you know, Matt and Trey, they don't mess around. They, 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 they. That show pretty much made Comedy Central Network, so they have a lot of leeway. Yeah. But guess what? Comedy Central is owned by Paramount, which at the time and may still still well be. I'm not. No, it's Warner Brothers. Anyway, that was Tom Cruise's home studio. Right. And for them to be able to pull that off and get that on the air, despite Tom Cruise's, you know, whining about it and that sort of stuff, it's sort of like, buy a sense of humor, dude. You got all the money in the world. Right. Get out of Scientology and get your sense of humor back. Because that's what cults do to you. The first thing they take away from you is your sense of humor. Right. And it's sad. You know, um, even though, ironically, if you look at the celebrity Scientologists, some of them are actually funny. Yeah. When they're reading lines that are written for them on some sitcom. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't yeah. Leah Remini considered funny? She, yeah, but she's out. She's out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 and, yeah I remember she's that. she's pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, but okay, we, we and this is all fascinating, and yeah. as you know, I could talk about it forever. Sure. But moving into the addiction realm. Yes. So yeah, but so how long has Narconon been around, and do you know like how many people have been through it? Or well, Narconon's been around for decades, I would say. Uh huh. Um, and I would say this that um, I know people who have gone through it. Okay. And um, no. Uh, None of them will attribute whether or not they have achieved sobriety or gotten clean as a result. They don't attribute it to Narconon because right. they they get the you know the joke that was played on them, it, and that's putting it lightly. You know, I think it's really dangerous. You know, I mean, when I was in there, uh, when uh, you know they they were prepping me for the. Um, uh, for the purification rundown. Now I'm on Spy Magazine budget here. Right. It's sort of like at a certain point, it's like Ebner, write the fucking story. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is because oh, you expensive. were undercover. Yeah, I joined. Yeah, oh, I, for I forgot about that. Yeah, and they said, well, and so anyway, they said, okay, we're going to put you on the purif. Now you have to go get a checkup, and we're going to send you to a doctor. And I said, I have a doctor. And they said, no, we'd prefer you see a Scientologist doctor. And I go. Hmm, interesting, okay. So they sent me to this clinic yeah. on uh, Vermont, uh -huh. and I remember, I remember this doctor, and I can name her because I mentioned her in the story, and her name's Dr. Anju Mother, okay. an Indian woman, um, and she uh, was a Scientologist. And I remember her poking me with a big needle to take a blood test. I said, what are you doing? She goes, well, we take an HIV test. And I said, why are you doing that? And she goes, well, you'll be sweating in a sauna with other Scientologists. That, that was her quote. Right. And I'm like, this, this is, is a medical, fucking yeah. MD. Yeah. It really, there's her yeah. diploma. And she's like in the dark ages of HIV, not, right. you know, science and knowledge. To think that even if I tested positive, that what, I'm not allowed to take, uh, continue? Yeah. You know, and clearly that was what the thing was wow. and uh, underlying that is an intense homophobia in Scientology as right. written into the doctrine 
by the megalomaniacal L. Ron Hubbard, the founder right. thereof. Yeah. Right. Did you know that on this block there's a Hubbard building? Oh, all over the place. Author yeah. services, yeah. quote unquote, and yeah. then there's the Hubbard building, and then there's the actual building on the south side of Hollywood Boulevard, the one where they launch the Christmas parade every year, oh, the yeah, thing yeah. every year. Well, anyway, that's the actual door that I walked through when I joined back in, God, 1996, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we're not getting older. No, but look, I wasn't writing in 1996, so you can speak for yourself. Yeah, sure. I don't were think just I was. A little girl? I was like a little girl. That's sure. Right. Certainly emotionally. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so speaking of that, so emotional hmm. um, immaturity yep. and addiction. So like, let's talk. Let's talk. Um, about like what's your story? I don't really well, know. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, you you and I had a conversation a while back, and you said, "Wow, that's something you should write up, or that's something we should talk about it, or talk about." It. And I didn't know if I should or not. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't even be doing this show if I was uh, an active member of a twelve step program. Oh, oh, well, you're not. No, and I'll, and that will all lead up to yeah yeah in this I'll backtrack okay. and then explain something to you know but having said that um what else could I talk about I mean I was in Alcoholics Anonymous see now it's it's actually freeing to because be able to talk about yeah it. I can you know I have no anonymity so to speak right, so right. um but I can certainly pay tribute to the 23 years that I put in yeah you know and what I what I got out of it but um what I will say is this, the last time you and I spoke, I told you a pretty horrifying story, and you were working on a pretty horrifying story. You were doing the Tom Sizemore book, Ugh, yeah. and you and I had a brief chat. Do you remember this? I don't think I do. Which you stoner. What's the matter with you? This was, this was incredible. You called me up out of the blue. Uh -huh. You're talking to me, tell, talking to me something about the Sizemore thing, you know? yeah. and I said, you know, listen, and this is the story that I'll share. Um, what had happened to me several years back was, it's kind of boring, it's kind of the same old story and I was no saying... No wonder I forgot it. I was saying to a guy on Facebook, I was saying, uh, you should be doing Anna's show because your story along these lines... And Who was it? Oh. He said I can say his name, I asked him. Okay. Mike Coulter, do you know him? No. Oh God, you got to find this guy, his story is incredible in relation to yeah. the one I'm about to share, okay, okay. this big bombshell, okay? okay. Wait, as soon as you say it, I'm going to feel ashamed because I'm going to no, remember okay. it. Of course. But anyway, Mike Coulter, he's a okay. rocker. He's just a, you know, I mean, the guy's, uh, but his story is amazing. But anyway, what happened to me was very simply uh, this. And I say it's a boring story because you hear this one a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to my scooter. <laughs> my, okay. Whatever scooter I was riding, some dumb fuck on Franklin uh, at the Magic Castle uh -huh. cut me off. I went head over heels and landed on my back. And um, I jumped up. And instead of, you know, and I, I, my glasses were broken. I didn't know what else was broken, but right. um, whatever. I just took some money off these people to replace my bat, uh, glasses and said, get out of here. Yeah. And don't do that. Always stop yeah. and make a report or do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not, not that guy, you know. And so anyway, what happened was was that I saw a doctor and I never told anybody. I never, you know, at, you know, called anyone and did the things that you normally do yeah. because the next day I couldn't move my arm. It was frozen. And it turned out I had done a lot of soft tissue da damage through my back, which incidentally still plagues me to this day because I didn't follow up with physical therapy. Anyway, what happened is they gave me painkillers. Right. And long story, boring story short, I got strung out. Yeah. And the disease concept of addiction and alcoholism, I will say this, nobody lied to me in AA. Right. They told me the absolute tr the truth. That shit went straight up my ass, came right out my mouth, and did all the talking for me for the better part of probably a couple of years. Which is why I don't remember this, because I don't think you shared it in the same way. Um, yeah, well, however I share it, don't feel bad. I okay, just remember, no, I know. I'm, just I I'm, sh I'm shocked that I, I don't remember. I can't tell you what happened this morning, but I can tell you what happened months or Unless years ago. Unless it comes ago. to having that make go on. Right, yeah, well, we'll... Have, we'll settle that score later. Um, anyway, so what happened is I was off to the races and, and it wasn't in a good way because um, the, I didn't, you know, I just disappeared. And, right. uh, and to reiterate 
the uh, the the correct knowledge that was that I had learned over the years was that um, it became probably the most lonely and desperate yeah. uh, time of my life. While I'm finishing the book, by the way, right. I was I, I kicked more times, kicked these narcotics yeah. more times in two different countries, mind you, wow. um, and yet I kept going back and it kept getting worse. So everything, it doesn't get any better, it only gets worse. What were you taking? Uh, well, I, I believe I started with Vicodin and then it was anything I could get my hands on, Percocet, Oxycontin. Hydrocodone. Yeah, yeah, anything like that. And I was, and what it led to was this, and this is the, the you know, ultimately how bad it was. Filching drugs from friends, um, doctor shopping. Right. Um, oh yeah, and uh, getting uh, putting a doctor on a DEA alert list. You know. Um, what, I, what does that mean? In other words, he said, "I got to cut you off." Can you imagine that? You know, and I wasn't even getting compared to Mike Coulter's story. Right. Not believe me, I was like, you know. Anyway, I was doing. I was getting like a hundred of these a month and running out right. in two weeks. You know, right, right. and it was that bad. And the thing was, was that, it, and let me just sum it all up and let you know what happened. Finally, I had just had enough. I, I, I was just like, I, I could not, I, 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 I sat there, I, was, I remember I was in, in my house in, over here in Los Feliz, and I said, I can't do this. I can't, I can't kick and I can't maintain, there's nothing I can do. And I don't have, I don't know that I have another rehab in me, right. you know, so um, what I did, and I caution any listeners to not necessarily try this at home, Yeah. but it worked for me, and so I'll have to share it. Please do. Okay, what I did was, uh, I could get through my days right. um, without using, okay, at night, um, that's when I would start kicking again and you know it's everything from RLS which you know restless leg right. to cramps to all the you, you know, know kicking narcotic yeah. stuff I mean it was horrible and I couldn't sleep and it would ruin my neck and, and it was just this bad cycle so I said I need to sleep first and foremost I must sleep and so I went out got myself a medical marijuana card okay. and I you know I uh, went to the dispensary and I said, give me the shit that knocks you out, you know, that I can sleep on. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, Indica, this is, you know, this will work. And sure enough, at the end of my day, you know, I'm fucking crunching a deadline for Penguin. I mean, it was a big book I was working yeah. on. And I'm like, um, okay, uh, at the end of my day, I would smoke up and I would pass out. And lo, what happened in a matter of 10 days was I detoxed in my sleep. Wow. Wasn't pretty. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, waking Night up, bringing your sheets out in the yeah. morning. Yeah. No, it was better because I slept. And yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a little loud. But, yeah. but anyway, what happened was I came to out of that. And you know how we talk about feeling reborn? Yeah. Well, I was like, Phew. I did. I mean, you know. That was just, yeah. you know, I kicked. Yeah. Now, consequently, what happened, I had a shift in my attitude. I did go back to AA, and uh, it, it just, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't stick with it. You didn't relate anymore? No, I related. I, all my, my whole world was in AA, all my friends, all, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what I just looked over my shoulder and I said, you know what? I kind of like being a stoner again. What? Oh, well, so you're smoking to the, Well, to the extent that, but let me explain yeah. something. I know it's, it sounds like a bombshell, but I will tell you this. Emma, like if you were to say, hey, how's your sobriety? I could look at you right in the face and say, hey, I'm sober. You oh, know? well, well come on. I, I, this is semantics and semantics only and it's not a rationalization. Yeah. I'm not here to do that. Mm -hmm. What I would tell you is this, is that yeah, you know, I woke up sober, I had my coffee, I'm here, I'm drinking my water, I'm talking to you, 
I'm not high, I'm not under the influence of anything, and guess what? I may or may not, you know, kick it with my girlfriend later uh, on this evening when we're done with our uh, respective work days. Yeah. And smoke a bowl with her and make her watch Family Guy. Right. Yeah, and so what's interesting is, is that um, it, whereas I feel disassociated and a little alienated from a lot of my program friends, mm -hmm. It also conversely widened my social circle mm -hmm. to a bunch of cool people right. who, you know, are the same way. What's interesting is, is that whereas, and I'm sure red flags are going up in your head or anybody's head I'm not about. Judging. Well, no, it's it's fine if you do because, you know, but doesn't. What's interesting is, is that the narcotics grab me so fast. Right, and the positive. Um, I'm sure alcohol would do the same thing, but I haven't had a drink. Yeah. You know? With this, I don't know. Um, it doesn't. It, it doesn't set up um, a compulsion for yeah. anything except, you know, a little, a few laughs at, you know, the end of my day. And by the way, I know people who have said the exact same thing. Who have gone on to horrific bottoms and re-bottoms right. and everything else. So I don't want to sound cavalier no. or casual about it. But today, this is my life. I'm not going to bullshit you. No, but you I know? and I think yeah. that happens, and I think that's helpful for people. You're not, you know, neither of us are advocating that as a path for everyone. Yeah. But I think it's important that people know that can happen. That people who are sober are not out there saying everybody who's you know, had this in their history, can't ever do this again. Everybody's got different chemistry and a different story, and I have no reason to doubt you if you're yeah. saying that works today. One of today. the guys we have in common in New York, let me think if I'll, maybe I'll tell you who it is later. I, I, we only have one in common in New York. Oh, well, so. just, I mean, but I'm talking about in common in, in a sort of, not even a, an interesting way, but yes, okay. maybe there is a story to it. Of course. Okay. All right. So anyway, <laughs> those mics obviously caught that. Obviously. But that motherfucker, yeah. you know, I, oh, I, tell, I tell him what was up, and he's like, I'm going to raise my voice here because this is what he okay, did. Well, yeah. He's like, you're going to die. Yeah. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly. But that's a guy you go out to dinner with. Yes. And By he, the way, yeah. yes, I am going to die, and so are you. Pat. Right, right. So live your life. Right, and, how you want to. Yeah, and I'll live mine. But, but yeah. you know, I would say that person over anyone I know, when you go out to dinner and, you know, some of us make sure there's no alcohol, that, that things were cooked in. Some sober people don't do that, but he takes the wait, waiter person aside and explains, I have an allergy to alcohol, and if there's any, you know, does a, something I've never seen before. So, yeah, yeah. You, know, I, you know, but I will say that just because someone's sober and in a program doesn't alienate them from a wide variety of cool people who are not, you know? Right. No, no, it, it, I don't think it did. Well, about the expanding, yeah. the, it's... Sort of like, um, it's just, I mean, I, you know, I wish I could give you some great stoner stories, but the truth is, it's like, it's, I don't really think about it until I do. Yeah. You know, like smoking weed. I don't really, you right. know, it, I'm not obsessed with it. Right. You know, so I don't really have any, but that social thing is, is that, you know, I'm like, look, I'm not going to lie to anybody. That yeah. would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, and yet at the same time, I think the only thing that kind of, there are friends, first names, Joshua, people like that. I have friends who truly fucking care about me, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, they're reaching out and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I'd love to hang out with you tonight, um, but I've got... Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, I got to feed my girl and we're going to sleep. You know right. what I mean? It's a, this is a school night, honest to God. Right. You know, but then I feel, and then you get like, well, I'm thinking about you. And then I'm like, well, what are you thinking? You know, it's yeah. sort of like, you know, you, yeah. so what I want to do is I essentially is just not bullshit anybody. And but you can go of, hang out and do all sorts of stuff with people that doesn't involve what you do at night with your girlfriend. Of course I can, but also I really respect okay. AA so yeah. much that, you know, and even there was a little trepidation about sharing that yeah. story I yeah. just shared with you because, you know what, if you can, if you understand 
that this is just for me. Yeah. It's what worked. I am so fucking grateful to the medical marijuana industry that I was able to finally. Yeah. I'm talking about this went on for the bet like I said years yeah you know and it was horrible and then it wasn't yeah and now it's not yeah so you know uh, so I live my life this way and you know and what's interesting I, I'm not contentious about it you know even though we use that example you're gonna die yeah as some uh, as an absurd knee-jerk 12-step reaction yeah is um, even with that, I don't like. I laugh about it, and of course, I'm still friends with the guy. I've yeah. known him since we were kids. Yeah. You know, and anybody else, you know, it's it's it, it's not a it's not an issue of conflict or anything like that for me. It just yeah. uh, it just is what it is. Now, I were you were you nervous that I was going to have some militant program reaction? No, not you. No, I knew you wouldn't judge me. I mean, you know, that would be a little contrary to, you know, you're a smart chick. I mean, I, you know, I don't think that, I, obviously not, no. Okay. And if you wanted, and if I didn't know you, and you were some bitch that wanted to have a battle with me, I'd be like, put on the gloves, let's right. go. You right, right, you're not afraid. No, it doesn't, yeah, I mean, what, we're, it, you know, this is, uh, you know, it, it's a very serious topic. I'm not taking it lightly, but at the same time, if I, you know, if I'm not, you know, completely honest about my situation, there's no, no, there's point. no point in us even sitting here. Or there's no point in in doing what you're doing because, you know, it, it is a big thing to live a certain way 23 years. And I think right. that it would totally fuck you up in the head if you were not being honest with yeah. people about the current situation. Yeah, and with my girl, it's sort of like, you know, if we decide to get, you know, smoke later, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, it's the code word is, hey, want to get stupid? Right. You know, and hence Family Guy or some stupid cooking show. Right. Just chill out. But the thing is, is that that's a, that operative word, stupid, is really, really, you know, okay. kind of prohibitive for me in terms of what, what I do. I mean, you right. know what I do. I'm a freelancer, 30 years running, you right. know? And if I got a deadline or something like that, you know, it's it's like there's no room for stupid right you know during my work day yeah you know again this could if, if i hear this and it sounds like a wash of rationalization i'm gonna feel like an idiot but you know it is what it is again and you know the thing is is that you know i'm working today yeah. there's a lot of things that i'm grateful for yeah. you know um and uh and, you know that's and, yeah and what about what people say with, you know, the head full of AA and the body full of booze? Like, does, I think does your, it's a good thing. But does your brain go, you know, you know, weed made me super paranoid, so I don't know right. if your brain, when you're doing it, goes, oh my God, you know, oh God, I'm going to be one of those people that said this one thing, and you know, or whatever. It's only, it, it, it would only get in my head that way if I was doing it and not and keeping it from like as some dirty secret right. from my friends, family, and close ones. That's the only way I'd have some sort of paranoid issue. Did you have that parent? Did you have any of those head full of AA, body full of you know narcotics when you were doing the pills? Oh yes, oh yeah, and it was uh, you know it, uh, believe me. I mean everything everything they t they told me yeah. happened to me. Right. So, yes, of course. Of course I did. You know, what's interesting, I had terrible sciatica a year and a half ago um, after Gosh. coming off of the fix and the Sizemore book. Yeah. My body just oh. couldn't do it anymore. When it turns out I have a bulging disc and a disintegrated disc and all this thing. Okay, my and what do you do? Well, now, knock on wood, which I won't because I don't want to screw up the mics. That's yeah. how dedicated I am as a podcaster. Yeah, that's right. But, but I, it, my back is okay today. Um, I do tons of yoga. I do acupuncture. I Stretching, do all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But bought a new mattress, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it became, you know, I couldn't walk. Um, you know, crutches still hurt it. I, you know, I couldn't eat food. I couldn't prepare food. I lost 20 pounds. I, you know, forget exercising. And um, I was crying all the time in pain. And I mm. tried everything. I tried every sort of, you know, injection from the orthopedic and nothing worked. And I got to the point where tramadol, which is the non-narcotic mm. um, painkiller, didn't make a dent. And I went and I got morphine of all things. Mm -hmm. 
and I took it for two weeks and I could still feel the pain and I was getting really depressed and so I just stopped mm -hmm. yeah. and it, you know and I was worried I was worried that it would set off you know the beast or whatever and it just didn't mm. yeah. it just did not well with me it did because uh, yeah and obviously legitimate pain there's always that argument you know yeah. it's like you know and I always took the we're not martyrs route you know I mean right. if you're suffering pain is one thing suffering is another yeah you have to opt out of suffering yeah because there's no way you should be able to do that whether you're in a 12-step program or not yeah. in life yeah when you face that but pain as I understand it you know I always think of it as it has a beginning middle and an end that sciatica you're talking about is endless yeah. unless it's treated yeah. and you know I you know so once again obviously obviously no judgment about the morphine you got to yeah but I you know um, and I hope I'm not losing my point that I was trying to make about that um, oh with me no yeah right <laughs> no but with me it was uh, I no. I did everything wrong. Yeah. In other words, you didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't ask for help. Uh, doctor gave me the script. You know, more than recommended doses. Yeah. You didn't do the physical therapy, so there was pain that I could yeah. rationalize in my head. I'm still treating pain. Yeah. But now I'm self-medicating and this, that, and the other thing. So it became an absolute out of control nightmare. Right. That right. I knock wood should never have to go through again. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just sort of like, so, so in many ways, it's sort of like, well, I started this, yeah. I got to figure out how to fix this. And it almost seems, and I'm not like, you know, Mr. You know, hippy dippy, you know, weed is fucking everything, yeah. you know, but I will say this, I will say, you know, I mean, you know, the shit did it when I couldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, so... Uh, cheap rehab. God, it was cheap. You know? It was yeah. just, you know, and, you know, because the, the stuff they make, the, the the stuff they cultivate these days is so strong, uh, and I'm not selling it. Yeah. I'm just saying, but, but yeah. you, don't, you, you don't even use that much of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, by the way, I, for all my high tolerance when it came to cocaine and, and even alcohol, I'd take one hit of even the weakest pot and, you know, be a puddle on the floor. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what I would do. And I will say I was home visiting my family over the weekend and there was some dispensary right where we were and, and there were tons of like homeless guys and shady guys and I try not to judge, but it really didn't look like a lot of people going in for medical reasons. Oh, are you kidding? We could do a separate hour. I've researched this Yeah. on the medical marijuana industry yeah. and why the feds. I'm not talking about local laws in like Colorado because yeah. everyone wants a tax base. And, you know, they want to tax it, right? Right. But the feds have, have told me, I've talked to a DEA agent about this. You want me to tell you the story yeah, real quick sure. so you'll understand? Yeah. Well, um, I was working on a story about a marijuana kingpin. Uh, and the story came out in Maxim. It's on my website. It's called The Rat. Mm -hmm. That was, was a long time ago, yeah, though. It's a great story. That, yeah, yeah this, this is just separate from yeah. my own personal yeah. uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I did the story. And um, part of that was talking to his control agent at the DEA. He ended up working for the DEA. That's how he avoided 30 to life. Right. And... Um, uh, the DEA agent said to me, hey, Mark, what do you think about this medical marijuana in California? And I said, I think every writer I know, and I was sober, AA yeah. at the time, I said, I think every writer I know with a crick in their neck has a medical marijuana card. Yeah. And he says, okay, let me explain you something. You know a lot of sober writers, though. Sure. Well, and he said, let me, let me explain something to you about why we're so, he goes, I could care less about the casual user and you know whatever and medicine and people you know he said our mandate is because all that pot that comes down the i-5 corridor to every dispensary from washington from vancouver right. to la okay all the weed comes down from vancouver the best bud in the word world is vancouver bc bud okay. okay it's grown up there it comes down drop-offs are made um and you have to understand that it, that what we're after is the revenue from all that bud coming back to Vancouver is not U.S. dollars. It's all tied in with the cartels, and they're getting bricks of cocaine. 
You see really? what I mean? Yes. And he said, and if you think for a minute that these uh, clubs and, and dispensaries and collectives, quote unquote, are on the up and up, think again. You know what I mean? This this is a bit multi-billion dollar industry, and unfortunately, it's tied into cocaine, and we have to deal with it. That is so yeah. fucked up. Yeah. So I was like, I well, sorry, you know, poor you, you know, but uh, no wonder everyone hates you, you know. Yeah. But then on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, it's like, hey, the man's just doing his job. Yeah. And but... you know, but well, but well, how do you how do you stop? In other words, and and higher up, and this guy's just an agent. But higher up, you know, they're thinking, God forbid, they legalize drugs in this country because we'd be out of jobs. Well, and so the legalization of marijuana has done absolutely nothing no. to help, uh, you know, whatever. The, the drug war? Yeah. No. Yeah. If you look it's at the, you could say there is no drug war, there is a drug war, the drug war is failing. You can say whatever you want about it, but the fact is, is that, you know, cartels exist, they are ruthless, and there, the there's a body count, and it's big, and it's you know it leads to kidnapping. It leads to you know it's, right. it's my world is pretty much where I live in terms right. of story ideas and things like that. Yeah. So it was nice to get a big picture on it and that sort of thing. God damn. Yeah. Um, and that was before it was legal. Yeah, they had Clinton. No, it was there was. Oh, there's medical. the medical. Yeah, 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 but it wasn't in the states. Yeah. Um, Wow, so, yeah. God, this has gone in a totally different Deep. direction than I expected. Well, a far more fascinating direction, well, yeah, by the way. it's always great talking to you. Yeah, and so, and so, I, you know, let's talk a little bit more about your work. So you yeah. obviously had the infamous Hollywood Interrupted book, New York Times bestseller. Right. With... Andrew Breitbart, with the Breitbart. late Andrew Breitbart. Yeah. yeah. I miss him every day. Yeah. Um, and, and that book, God, that was Fascinating. It was book. kind of a fun book to write, but it was I really had a ball. I do a lot of co-authoring. Yeah. And you know the deal. It's can be the worst or yeah. it can work. With him it was the best. Well the co-authoring I did ever. was different because yeah. I wrote the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the two of you. I would argue that's far harder, mm. you know, working with somebody, you know, two big personalities. Yeah, on different ends of the political spectrum, yeah. mind you. Yeah. You know, which was really what made that such good good yeah. combustible chemistry in my opinion so yeah uh, Hollywood Interrupted Six Degrees of Paris Hilton Loved great crime too. book uh, um, what happened and, oh. and, and since Six Degrees of Paris Hilton I kind of found my niche away from all the celebrity stuff yeah. into true Criminal. crime yeah. Yeah. and uh, I did two books last year not one because you know the state of publishing is such that yeah, I can you have, gotta live. I can you gotta have, eat. I can have contracts with two major publishers and still not, when you put the advances together, no, not be above the poverty line. Yes. So in other words, I, I have to do two books now. And I, I believe it. me, I don't, one is called Poison Candy and the other is called Being Uncle Charlie from Random House Canada. And they're both, I'm proud of these books. Yeah. You know, they're really, really good true crime and books. And they both well, came out already? Or? They both came out at the same time. I backed them, I did one six months, six months, yeah. and then boom, yeah. you know, here, filed, done, and, you know, which is not to say I didn't have a lot of help, you know, I worked yeah. with a researcher, I mean, you know, that's yeah. another thing. It's like when you have that much work, you know, you got to toss it up. Yeah. And, but you have that manager who manages to sell a lot of the stuff, right? Well, he, you know, listen, my manager represents all my idols, James yeah, Elroy. I know. You know what Do you remember fuck? you tried to... Yeah, I know. I'm, you know, yeah. Didn't go so well. I'm sorry. No, yeah. but look, I think he's good with men. Yeah, he's he really is. He's a mensch, and he's like my conciliary and like my uncle at the same time, except he's not that much older than me. He's a cool guy. The thing about him is I'm not a big earner for him. Yeah. But I'm a consistent and he likes I'm consistent you. and I deliver every time. Yeah. You know, no matter what. And, you know, so I get work whereby, you know, it's interesting. People need writers. Yeah. Everybody thinks they have the story. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, but they, you know, you, you, you can't write. Yeah. You don't know how to put this thing together. Yeah. So it, it's okay being like a utility outfielder in the literary scene, you know. Okay, well, bring in Abner. He'll do it with you. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Because I've gotten, you know, since Sizemore, you know, not a bunch of offers and none of them great because I don't believe great offers exist anymore. But I I think that Sizemore killed me. Like, every single one, the thought of doing it makes me want to, you know, fall into the puddle that, you know, pot put me in. Well, I think you, for then that's, a, the, uh, I think that's absolutely a cue for you to get back to your party girl ways and, you know, and uh, kick out number two. Oh, no. Or three. No, it would be number seven. Seven. Way. Yeah, seven. All right. High five. High five. Yeah, that's the same a, number. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? I don't know. Yeah. And by the way, I was just using that as a, I know you've. You're, you're prolific, way, to say the least. But that, that's that's the book, you know. Yeah. Like, it, that was, you know, I don't know how you feel, but, you know, the first book when I didn't have all the horrible Amazon critics in my head, and I didn't, there weren't a billion blogs, and I just was, and I didn't know anything about writing. I just wrote this completely pure, funny, honest book, and mm-hmm. I wish I knew how to do that still. I don't think I, I do. I think you do. I, I don't think know. I do. Uh, my problem is, is that I, I'm jealous because I've never done it. Yet at the same time, it's the one that's aching to come out of you it. You got a novel. And not necessarily a novel, but a memoir more. Yeah. And the problem with that is, is people are like, oh, you got great stories. Why don't you do a memoir? Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you do a memoir? You want to see something hard? Try oh, that. I don't think no, so. No, no, no. Well, it's hard when you need to be able to afford to do it. Yeah. It's This is real shit we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah. This isn't like I'm some trust fund kid right. who can say, oh, well, you know, I'll write my memoir. I'm not St. Aubin or, you know, any, right. or, you know and Jerry Stahl I've never. I've been reading you know, St. Aubin. Yeah, I, I, I'm not that. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, but he's so By the way, so I say good. Jerry Stahl's name. I wasn't putting him in that category. I was saying this is a guy who sweated it out of himself. Well, and money yeah. was different then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, oh, God, St. Alvin, I'm just, I'm so obsessed with him right yeah. now, and yeah. I'm reading the, yeah. have you Which read Which one do you want? Yeah. Well, I read all the Patrick Melrose ones. Uh-huh. Listeners, if you have not read this guy... There is no, there's no, I think he's up there with um, Amos in yeah, terms of his skill with language. Yeah. Um, so now I'm reading the one that's about um, California spirituality. I think it was his first one. It is hilarious. They all go to Esalen. Oh, really? Yeah. And is it funny and great? Hilarious. Okay, that's good because I have a problem. When I have my favorite junkie authors, Yeah. I have to say this, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but it's sort of like, Let's use the late Hubert Selby Jr. Right. Hobby, all right. I don't think there is a more horrifying Depiction. junkie book than yeah. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. And the the consequent the the movie adaptation is like the the single most frightening horror film ever made. Absolutely. If you know about yeah. addiction and drugs and that sort of thing. Absolutely. When Cubby got soft and started writing that spiritual stuff. And, you know, listen to me. I mean, the guy was a fucking master, and I'm saying he got soft. He, to me, he got it's all soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you hate to see your, you know, your gen- junkie memoirist heroes. Yeah. You know, it's like live the spirituality, but write the hardcore shit. I and, hear you know, you. they don't have, they're not listening to me, they're listening to their own guides. The and they're doing their own thing. Well, first of all, I mean, that's my whole philosophy behind After Party, you know, which, which, Basically, I just, and I tried to do it the fix and really couldn't, but you know, it's sort of, it's sort of, you can, and it was the same thing with Party Girl. You can get spiritual and you can get quote unquote healthy, but you don't have to be a humorless, pedantic, you know, right. voice out there. Yeah. So, you know, um, and, but I do want to clarify that St. Aubin's book about spirituality in no way is losing his edge. And I do think it was his first one. That's what my mom told me to give it to me. Um, well, geez, we should have a book club. We should. Yeah. My problem with book clubs was always that. Um, Hell, I'll fucking special guest at a book club of six true right. crime fans. I don't give a shit. I've done I'm it. like Willie Loman of like. Dude, I, they'll I, buy six books. That's, that's real. I swear to God. Yeah. Five thousand friends on Facebook. People think I'm crazy. I'm like, it's a numbers game, baby. And if I can sell a hundred hard copies at the end of the day, yeah. That's all I deleted. I deleted all my Facebook friends. I didn't know. You did. Yeah, that was stupid. Why you're getting stalked and creeped out? Yeah, no. I was getting a little creeped out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's different if you're women. I think it is. You know, because basically, you know, it's bad. 
bad. Let me tell you, I think it's it's equally bad if you're a man. Really? You know, and that's why I'm so grateful that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hooked up today. You know, I'm in a relationship. Yeah. Because it you just get, it gets groupies? gnarly out there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that so bad? Um, it's sort of, no, because I don't think, I, you know, the true crime people, they're, they're great. They're, I call them my super fans. You know, the ones right. that want to, you know, hold forth on that. I'm talking about just, you know, I, I can't I can't really pinpoint it, but I can just say this, that I'm not any kind of uh, relationship expert, and I'm not, certainly not good at it. Yeah. You know, when I'm just in it for, you know, whatever it is. What it, my, my yeah. personality type is I'm a taker. Yeah. You want to give me shit, lady? You want to be my sugar mama? Let's go. I'm right, in. I'm right. going for the ride. And right. suck my dick, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Right. You know, it's let's have some fun. But, but at the top of this, I never really said anything. You know what I mean? I never, you know, said this is leading anywhere right. or, you know, expressed any, you know. So that's the kind of horrible man that I can be is a taker. Yeah. So in other words, what happens when you know, that's run its course, is you've got people sitting there adding up shit, like, what did you take from me? You know what I mean? But no, like, I don't know what well, you mean. Well, it's sort so, of like, they come at you like you're the mo like you're a fucking, you know, uh, what happened to me, I can say, yeah. just even once is more than enough of the situation, is someone is so, so vindictive, they can't just say, hey, we had a good time, um, he's a dick, and I'm glad to be rid of them. No, it's sort of like that motherfucker. You're not. I'm gonna go public with this. Your behavior and everything. I'm gonna go public. You know. What so I mean? what do you mean? Go this was a woman who, who was funding that. Not funding. Company? No, not funding. I'm not talking about money. As much as I'm just talking about like, hey, you got loot, and you know we're gonna do this or that. That and is go money. Out. You are talking about money. Yeah, but do I? If you end a relationship, do you all do you owe that person all the dinners that they bought you? You do not. Okay, thank you. No. That's exactly what we're talking about. Right, right. It's not some big conspiracy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. It's like it's kind of like yeah, I'm an asshole. I'm a dick. I you know I should never have taken advantage of that, but I did. Yeah. Guess what? You know what? If, let's just be glad this is over with, so that I can reflect. And realize, whoa! And you know, learn. once you learn something that it, it's that's a pattern with you, and the, this is the kind of thing that can happen. I'm not necessarily slagging on that women or, or right. woman or those women as much as I'm saying that it's a shitty way to have um, a social, a, a sexual, yeah. and a, a life. So, so leave that. You know, so yeah. just stop. Yeah. And once you make a commitment to stop something. In the spirit of why we're even here, I can tell you, doors open, yeah. and I turn the corner, and now I'm in love. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. and it's working. Yeah, and there's no taking. Yeah, and on either side. Yeah, you know, and so uh, whew, took I, a long time to get to this place. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think I think that you you know, and this is a recovery sort of topic. Is just you know the sort of doing the same thing and expecting different results isn't something that just happens when you're using. It. I mean, it happens to people who are working great programs in recovery and sober and all that stuff because. You know, it's like you learn the lesson, and then you learn the lesson again, and yeah. then you learn the lesson yeah. again, and and you know, and sometimes it takes a really brutal situation for the lesson to actually stick. It does, and I will say this, and you know, so uh, so in other words, I don't want to sound as vindictive as you know the people I'm, the, you know, right. who I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that no, it's I, my part, you know, I totally own it. I felt like for my entire life that being the world's worst boyfriend was in my DNA. I mean, and that's how I, you know, in other By the words, way, I know someone who dated you. I didn't, you never told me this. She told me, and she said you were an amazing boyfriend. Well, you know, if it was, you know, I mean, I have, uh, hmm? Oh, my God, oh, you can't hear my Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm so glad, she, you know, I'm so glad that was said. Because, she did say that. Because I, I, I would say the exact same thing about her. Yeah. You know, and that's what what's interesting, and, and I don't want to play hide-and-seek with your audience, but I will say this about that. Yeah. That was a case of us being too much alike. 
You yeah. know what I mean? In yeah. personality, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I love being mature enough so that if I saw her, we would sit and have a conversation over coffee like this. Yeah. And just go on for hours. And, you know, so as much as I want to say that, give you that whole run and riff on the world's worst boyfriend thing, yeah. I can also say my best relationships were the ones that I got out of in a mature way where we sat and said, what are we doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been engaged, I've lived with women. You know, and these, and, and some of those women, you know, conversely to every, uh, the nightmare that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, they're my biggest champions. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's not, I, you just kind of, I could have gone into a dark place there. Right, right, right. You and know? it's not, but well, it's I mean, not. that's the sort of, yeah. I do think that that's the sort of like addict mentality is like black or white and you know and sometimes you know if we're selfish assholes before then we start to take responsibility and i think you know later and we start to take too much responsibility and sort of go i was such a horrible person i mean i can't believe it mm -hmm. you know i know i do that yeah. and then i sort of go oh wait that's not true i am still doing my black and white thinking with this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm taking too much responsibility. I'm going, like, you know, apologizing to people for stuff that, you know, they didn't even notice or that yeah. they played a huge part in, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm glad to bring you back from the dark side. Oh, you exactly. Especially by saying, you know, because I'm literally, I'm the type of person, if you hadn't have said, I knew someone who dated you yeah. and thought you were a great guy, I would have been stuck in that, like, yeah. oh my God, I was the worst Aww. ever with yeah. everybody. But it's so not true. Now that you've said it, I could say Lisa Ulm and I could oh, say, yeah, exactly. you know, it's just like I could go on and on with these people, you know. Yeah. One, you know, I remember one woman I was dating, when, and coincident to really being Mr. AA but not being yeah. Mr. Lip Service yeah. but living my life that way yeah. I'll tell you what I had a great relationship with this ex music executive uh, and we just had a ball we had an absolute ball and then she said Mark can we have coffee mm -hmm. and I said yes we can and we sat down and she said you know Mark I think we both want the same things but with other people. Yeah, boom. Yeah. And I said, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we got up and it was like, it was like the greatest thing ever because we didn't have to carry on any charade anymore. Yeah. And you just, uh, and you know, we never had any hard feelings. No vindictiveness, yeah. no keeping score. Yeah. No who owes who what. Yeah, you know, and that's that amazing sort of thing. That Yeah, and it's, it, and, and I attribute that to living the good sober life for sure. Yeah. That was absolutely could not have happened. I would not be mature enough. Right. You know, in my thinking. Yeah. You know, or evolved enough or free enough, I yeah. think is the operative word there, just to feel like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, Sorry. and not self consumed enough. Mm -hmm. Because I think that can yeah. be the problem. Dude, we are so over time. Excellent. God, this right. was good. I always yeah. say it's the best one, but no. this was really good. I, I'm glad. And, you know, because I, I, I knew that. Uh, it, you know, I knew it was going to be tricky, but I knew it would be all right because it's you. You do great at whatever you do. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. fan. And, well, likewise. Yeah. But I a just, huge fan and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just appreciate your coming in despite that, you know, despite any, you know, weirdness. It's you, and you wrote back, you were like, absolutely, and I just think that's super cool. Yeah, no, I've shown you before on something, and, you know, yeah. I, we never really, I never really told you what, you know, what was up with that, but I'm sure... When you shut off the mic, you can figure it out because you really are a smart girl. Does it have to do with dollars and cents? No. Okay. It, oh. Yeah. Oh. Hi. Together. I didn't lie to you guys. That, that was crazy, right? If I hadn't told you the teaser, you would have been thrown for a major loop, right? Anyway, interesting guy, right? Go check out his website, Hollywood Interrupted. Go read his writing. He's really good. That was Mark Ebner.